0: Welcome to the Our Savior Speaks podcast from Our Savior Episcopal Church located at 4227 Columbia Road in Martinez, Georgia. Through this podcast, we'll be sharing messages of hope and encouragement that can be found in the life and lessons of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will also explore ways in which God can work through each of us to make our Lord's grace and love a reality for all of humanity. In her sermon, Sandy Robando will note that this is the time of year for endings like the liturgical year, along with other endings like Thanksgiving, which traditionally signal the end of the harvest season, the end of college football season, Christmas, and then the end of the calendar year. She goes on to link the theme of endings with the Old Testament lesson and gospel lesson for the day. Sandy will point out how the endings in each lesson are different and what that means for us. The lessons for the 25th Sunday after Pentecost are Zephaniah chapter 1, verse 7, and then verses 12 through 18, Psalm 90, verses 1 through 12, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, and from the Gospel of Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30.
1: A reading from Zephaniah. Be silent before the Lord God, For the day of the Lord is at hand. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice. He has consecrated his guests. At that time, says the Lord, I will scratch Jerusalem with lamps, and I will punish the people who rest complacently on their dregs, those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do harm. Their wealth shall be plundered, and their homes laid waste. Though they build houses, they shall not inhabit them. Though they plant vineyards, they shall not drink wine from them. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the Lord is bitter. The warrior cries aloud there. That day will be a day of wrath, a day of distress and anguish, a day of rain and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring such distress upon the people that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like that and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them on the day of the Lord's wrath in the f- fire of his passion the whole earth shall be consumed for full a terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth the word of the lord Thanks. Thanks be to God. let us chant together that portion of psalm 90 printed in your worship bulletin lord you have been our refuge From one generation to another Before the mountains were brought forth On the land and the earth were born From age to age you are God You turn us back to the dust and say Go back, O child of earth Four thousand years in your sight Like yesterday when it is past Not unlike watch in the night You ripples away like a dream We fade away suddenly like the grass In the morning it is green and flourishes in the evening it is dried up and withered For we consume away in your displeasure We are afraid because of your wrathful indignation the ingress you have sent have before you And our secrets in the land of your internet's When you are angry, all our days are gone We bring our years to an end like us I The span of our life is seventy years Perhaps of strength even eighty Yet the sum of them is but labor and sorrow For they pass away quickly and we are gone who regards the power of your wrath Who rightly fears your indignation So touched to number our days That we may our hearts wisdom A reading from 1 Thessalonians Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers and sisters, You do not need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. When they say there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them, as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and there will be no escape. But you, beloved, are not in darkness, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light and children of the day, We are not of the night or of darkness. So then let us not fall asleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober and put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other, as indeed you are doing. The Word of the Lord.
0: Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus said, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. his master said to him Well done good and trustworthy slave you have been trustworthy in a few things I will put you in charge of many things enter into the joy of your master Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward saying Master I knew that you are a harsh man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed so I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground Here, have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow, and gather where I did not scatter. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: In the name of God, Creator, Redeemer, and Holy Spirit. It's that time of year again, the time of endings. Next Sunday is Christ the King Sunday, the Sunday when our liturgical year ends. This coming week, we have Thanksgiving, which traditionally celebrated the harvest that marks the end of the agricultural season. And shortly after that will be the end of yet another college football season. (laughs) And then comes Christmas and the end of our calendar year. And our readings for this time of year follow that theme of endings. Zephaniah tells us to be silent before God, for the day of the Lord is at hand. God, the prophet proclaims, will search Jerusalem carefully, find and punish the wealthy, the complacent, those who neglect their duties and obligations to God and their fellow human beings. The judgment day will be a day of wrath, distress, ruin, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Zephaniah tells us that God will bring such destruction upon people that they shall walk like the blind. In the fire of his passion, the whole earth shall be consumed. For a full and terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Let me read that again for you. A terrible end he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. That's really scary. Many years ago, my grandmothers asked me if I thought we were in the end times, the time leading up to the judgment day. Now, neither of my grandmothers was was very educated, but they knew their scripture. And they knew what the scripture has to say about the terrible things that would lead up to the judgment day. And I can certainly understand why they would have asked the question because when you turn on your TV or you read news online, we're inundated with bad news that doesn't make us feel you know, really safe, make us feel good. It really does sometimes feel like the end may be upon us. We hear about wars, pandemics, earthquakes, mass shootings, and the steady erosion of our social and political institutions and it weighs on us It weighs on us, it weighs on our souls, pulling us down into what feels like despair at times. Jesus' followers were also fascinated with the idea that the judgment day could be near. They'd no doubt heard of Zephaniah's and other prophets' warnings about the end of the world. Like us, they were dealing with war, famine, earthquakes, and pandemics, plus They had the added pressure of living under foreign occupation. So it's no wonder the disciples asked Jesus for signs of the end times. Jesus, of course, tells them that only God knows when the end of the world will come. But as we heard last week, he also tells stories to tell his followers that they should always be prepared. But be prepared for what? What does Jesus say about what the judgment day will be like? That question brings us to today's gospel reading. Our parable today from Matthew is one that we're all no doubt very familiar with. A man goes on a journey, but before he goes, he calls in his slaves and entrusts each one with a different amount of money based on the slave's ability. The one who is given the most money goes out and uses it in business dealings that doubles the amount. The second slave, given slightly less money, and presumably because he has slightly less ability, does the same. The slave given the least amount of money, one talent, which if you read Father Al's reflection this week, You may have been shocked to find out that one talent was 15 years' worth of wages. That's still an awful lot, folks. That's an awful lot to be entrusted with. So this one slave who has the one talent takes that one talent, digs a hole, buries what he's been given, and keeps it safe until his masters return. When the slave owner returns, he commends the first two slaves for their hard work and their successful business dealings and rewards their work, but condemns the slave who simply returns to his master what he was given. So this is clearly a parable about God's judgment. But it's different, markedly different from the apocalyptic vision in Zephaniah's message. In Zephaniah's passage, God will consume the earth and make a full and terrible end to all of humanity. In his vision, all of us are condemned without mercy. This is a collective judgment that lacks any real individual responsibility for sin. And since there are always sinners among us, that's right, there's always sinners among us, we will all be condemned. According to Zephaniah, there's no hope for us. Jesus, however, is pointing us toward a time when God will judge us individually based on what we did with the gifts God has given each of us. And everyone has gifts. Every person listening to this sermon right now has gifts. One of our most important duties in life is to discern our gifts and then to put them to use in the service of God and our fellow humans. That's what stewardship really is all about, and that's what it means to emulate the first two slaves, take what you have, and put it to good use. So what are we doing with the gifts God has given us? If you don't know or are not sure what your gifts are, I encourage you to make that something you pray about regularly. You may not get a shining light or a voice from heaven that answers your question directly, but you will get an answer. It may come in the form of words of encouragement or an invitation to try something new from a friend or a coworker or a family member. Or it may come when you find yourself trying something you never thought you would. I certainly had no idea I could do flower arranging until I tried it. Or that I could teach until the Air Force assigned me into a teaching job. Or that I could garden until I just started digging around in my yard. Sometimes you just have to take a risk and try something new and different to discover your talents. This is our time for stewardship. If you look around at either service on any given Sunday, you will see the same small group of dedicated volunteers doing the tasks needed to keep our community together. Serving at the altar, doing flowers and altar guilds, serving as greeters or readers, handling the technology needed to stream this service, and bringing up the bread and wine. There is always, always, always room for more volunteers for these needed functions. Just as there is always a need for people to work on our grounds, our buildings, and in our outreach programs. And I invite you to, as you look at this small group of volunteers, consider how many of us are blessed with large amounts of gray hair. So I encourage you this stewardship season to step up and try something you haven't done before. So what are we doing collectively with the gifts God has given us? Well, we're doing many great and wonderful things we're participating in soup kitchen donating to golden harvest knitting and creating blankets and prayer shawls for those who need them and putting ourselves out into the digital world through streaming this service and and our new podcast but is this all we should be doing or should we be doing more this is stewardship season so i invite everyone here this morning, to look at the bulletin in the announcements insert. Pull it out now. Go ahead. Pull it out now. It's this little, little handout right here. If you look at the last page, you'll see the little box there that has the financial summary And if you look at the actual spent and actual income, you'll see that we're behind. Specifically, we spent about $18,000 more than we have taken in. This obviously limits how much more we can do. If you look at the budgeted numbers, please remember that the budgeted operating income is based largely on pledges. The actual income we have taken in is about $13,000 less than what was budgeted. The vestry is wrestling with this challenge now and faced with difficult decisions about what we do collectively as a parish. I ask that you please keep them in your prayers as they wrestle with these choices, and please take this information about our parish's fiscal challenges to heart and give generously. All of this bad news can, of course, make us feel as though our world is falling apart. Oh, well, maybe it is. But does that matter? It shouldn't. Paul encourages us in today's passage from Thessalonians to put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has destined us not for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live with him. And that, my friends, is a reason for us to celebrate this Sunday and every day of our lives. Amen.